Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Happy weekend, everyone. I'm joined this morning by my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed. And I love this setup because I get to stay home and broadcast from home. And Kirk has to drive into the studio. That that tough eight-minute ride there into the studio. Um, that's tough, but th- you know, thanks for taking one for the team. This you morning, know, Kirk. you know, Dunkin' Donuts is on the way, so it's not so bad. Yeah. Um, we are talking about, um, rock bottom interest rates. Actually, when we, when we were discussing, uh, this show this morning, um, I think we did have rock bottom interest rates and then we were just chatting off air and maybe that's changed a little bit, but great thing to, uh, great thing to talk about and good information uh, for our listeners this morning on the subject of interest rates, mortgages, refinances, et cetera. So we have a newbie today, but uh, this is gonna be a great show. Uh, so we have John Harrington with Embrace Home Loans. He's a mortgage professional um, and I've known John for uh, some time now, but this is your first time on the show, right? I believe the first time on the show. Yeah. That's correct. So, but on so a couple well, of shows, but first one in yours. Yes. Yep. Great. So welcome. Um, yep. Thank and you. I know two hours always sounds like a long time, but it always goes by real quick and uh, we'll have some fun 
this morning talking about interest rates, mortgages, refinances, et cetera. So if anyone uh, is listening on the South Shore, they can call us with questions, 781-837-4900. And until that happens, we will just get right to um, our our outline and our discussion topics for today. But actually, John, before we get to that, do you just want to do a quick intro, a little background about yourself, how long you've been in the business, et cetera? I'd be happy to. So I've been actually in the business for over 25 years. Uh, throughout my career, I've really pretty much handled pretty much most of the programs that are out there. So I'm very knowledgeable and had experience with different programs that are available to first-time home buyers, experienced home buyers, second homes, investment properties. So I really have helped a lot of people throughout my career. Um, and I just I have to kind of put out my uh, licensing number. Uh, So I can be covered on that. So I want to cover that for sure. Uh, My license number for NMLS is 756-150. And for Embrace Home Loans, it's 2184. Just a little housekeeping there. Uh, Perfect. We all all have our own compliance requirements, I guess. Right, right. So we got that off the top. Um, Good. uh, But I really, uh, I got into this business a long time ago with my experience with uh, mortgages was not as clean as I thought it would be and not as much communication. So um, I handle my... uh, clients, each and every one, as if I'm on the other side of the table. One of those things where, you know, what was my experience and how would I want to experience this process? It's it's a big it's a big step in most people's lives, if not in everybody's life. So I want to make sure that um, it's not that big scary thing where you're, you know, taking a step off a cliff and not, not know what's going to happen. So I want to make sure people have an idea of what's going to happen first, then take them throughout the steps as we go along and be the communication for like now it's about 45 days average from a purchase okay. to to a refi or closing on a purchase or a refinance okay. um that's about average right now it's uh, kind of busy out there yeah um yeah so that's uh, you know that's my story i uh I, i'm 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 very happy to do that and i make myself as, as available as much as possible i was answering the phone last night at 8 30 for a client uh so I, I you know it's one of those businesses where you kind of want to make sure people um have their information as quickly as possible well, I feel like, well, that's nice of you. I feel like we have, we've been in a refi boom for like the better part of a decade, really. I mean, it's been, it's been crazy. I actually, so actually let's start with where interest rates are now. So I actually pulled up um, the federal, fun, historical federal funds rates. You can actually go into their website, uh, federalreserve.gov, and you can look historically at all the, you know, interest rates over the years and all their, um, drops in, in interest rates and increases in interest rates historically. And I was kind of looking back for the last 20 years. Um, we really, I, I'm, I don't see a period of time longer than about 12 months where interest rates were more than 5%. So we've had pretty low interest rates um, in the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean, I see in 06, interest rates were about five, five and a quarter for like a year or so. And then we haven't seen anything like that, um, like really going back 20 years. Um, so Sounds that's crazy. Right. And yeah. It, yeah. yeah, and I mean, yeah. you know, all the way back to, and I'm not even seeing anything close to that level since 07, for early 08 is when they fell below 4% uh in the middle of the um uh i guess that was the beginning of the great recession there and um they haven't been above 
like three and a half percent since in about 12 years. So they've been really low. I, so I just feel like, I mean, I guess I, I don't have as much history as you, but uh, John, in terms of experience in the mortgage industry, but um, they just seem like that's that's really low compared to historical averages in the last decade or more, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, we've uh, throughout that time frame that you're, you're speaking of, they 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 kind of been up, down, up and down. But yeah, we haven't really had uh, too many peaks up yeah, near that five percent. Yeah. There was a few times we were getting close there and thought they would stay, uh, but then something would happen where they would actually come back down again. And you know, about five or six years ago, there was talks that they would be above five percent, six percent again soon then uh, you know things change things change as uh, you know our economy right now is all tied up together um and mortgage bonds are part of that um so if there's different things that happen about the econ throughout the economy or different events it can it, it certainly can um affect where we will be with rates uh including this year you know we had uh you know march we had just a little bit of a surprise coming at us where they just kind of dip down a bit um, and the government's been helping with backing those mortgage backed securities and buying them up so it's been helping keep that flow down a little bit um, we had just spoke before the show where you know where we're talking about uh, rates and refinances and things like that but I, I kind of threw you a little bit of a shock there where I let you know that uh, they've kind of changed a little bit this week because um, now they're charging a little bit more to lend the money to lenders uh, which kind of you know, kind of gets passed along to the consumer. So they're not as low as they were be, were maybe a month, month and a half ago. Yeah, uh, so are you still, able to... So, yeah, go ahead. Just, are you able to give us some ranges there? Like I, I, I just, sometimes I just jump on bank rate to get like national average mortgage rates. But do, for people with yeah. good credit, are you able to... So we're recording, so we're recording this show, broadcasting live here at the end of September. So yes. um, as of now, are you able to give us some averages? Like I understand it, you know, varies depending on your uh, credit and stuff like that. But for people with good right. credit, are you able to give us some ranges in terms of where they are now with this recent adjustment? Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, in in into your point, they're they're all different. So they're based off of credit. They're based off the loan amount. They're based off of what we call loan to value. So, basically, yeah. what the loan's going to be, what the value of the property is, whether it's a purchase or a refinance. There's yeah. all different adjustments for that. So everybody's situation is certainly different. Um, however, I mean, if you've got good credit, you're putting down like twenty five percent. You're going to be in the low threes at this point. If you're in a, that's on the thirty year. Fixed. A thirty, okay, yeah. Yeah, and in the fifteen and ten years, we're certainly in the in the high twos, somewhere in that range. Yeah. So, are you just mentioned a difference between there's an adjustment whether it's a refi or a new purchase? What in mm. in whose favor is it in? Is it in the favor of someone with a new purchase that their interest rate might be slightly lower? That is correct. Yeah. yeah the uh, the uh, difference on the uh, the lending right now is on the refinances and not on the purchases. So mm. I'm talking to somebody in purchases yeah. who are probably on a 30 year fix, depending what their situation is. I could probably put a two in front of it. Mm. Why, why, why why is that? Do you know why that is? Well, uh, well the, it's the, the 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 well the investors uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac decided they were going to put an adjustment on refinances for the pricing. So we had talked about this, we really touched in on this really quickly before the show. And what people don't realize is that when we're, when I'm looking at a rate sheet, I'm looking at a sheet and it's a sheet of rates. So they they really vary 
um, to uh, it's actually there's negatives and there's pluses on the sheet and then there's there's an even zero. So when I'm talking to folks about rates, I'm talking about that zero rate. Um, when I correct um, mentioned earlier, he was curious about what points are, but basically what points are is when I'm looking at that rate sheet, um, I've got his, uh, let's just use a uh, 3% as a zero rate, but there's a 2.875 rate. There's a 2.75 rate. There's a 2.625 rate. You could actually buy down with points to those other rates, but it costs you money to get a lower rate. Yeah. And then to the same effect, you can go up to like 3.125 or three and a quarter and might be able to give you a little bit of money back to its closing costs. Uh, so when I'm looking at a rate sheet, I'm really looking at a probably about, uh, there's probably usually about maybe a dozen rates on it. Um, and, so and people points, don't see that. Yeah. So points are just a way for the, you can ba- you can just, you can pay the bank to lower your interest rate. You're get, you're paying them. Here's some money up front. And yeah. in exchange for that, I'm going to pay a little bit less interest to you along the way. That, that's right? correct. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. Or um, there's certain adjustments um, for the rates for different scenarios that people with different, um, they're doing different purchases or refinances or, or they have unique situations. They they can, yeah, they can pay points down to get to different rates. That's correct. Anybody. My, 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 yeah. it, may, it makes sense to me that the banks would offer lower rates for new purchases because that's new business. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't benefit the bank to lower, to refinance anyone. It doesn't, if, if, for an existing um, customer, I mean. I mean, right? I, I can't get, I have a hard time with this in my head. Like, it doesn't behoove the banks for their existing customer base to just refi and lower their interest rate. Oh, uh, excuse me, other than closing costs, other than one-time costs to the bank for that. I well, Sometimes I, I can't wrap my head around why are they allowing all these refis? Because it doesn't benefit the bank other than that they would lose business for someone to go refi with another bank. Right. Well, that has something to do with it too. Uh, but closing costs are really just that. They're, they're, it's the cost to really produce the mortgage. Yeah. There's really no gain per se uh, in closing costs for the for the for the bank or the investor oh, okay. or the mortgage company. Okay. Um, okay. Like we have really on all the on the closing costs, we have one processing fee on there, but the rest of the fees more or less are from attorneys, appraisals, our recording okay. fees, taxes, and insurance. So oh, really, okay. for us to produce a loan is not cost effective we, we we get paid in the long term of the loan to your point yeah. um yeah. but you're you're right they could go somewhere else or in you know we're in a service business as well so we want to make sure we're servicing our customers correctly um so there it, it, it's it's to everybody's benefit to refinance somebody and I, yeah i mean uh, i mean they get yes like you said they get they, they get that transactional fee to do it and then i mean how often do people actually stick with the loan anyway i mean they end up you know, refinancing or changing later or whatever. I don't know what the odds are that they actually, you know, finish out that loan. Well, there used to be, if the averages change on that all the time. And with the situations that we've had in recent years, people are actually staying in their properties longer than they used to. Mm-hmm. So the average used to be maybe five to seven years, where now I think it's more like 10 to 15. But I, That's want, an average. But I mean, but, yes. but then how often, did, how, how long do they actually stay with the loan? You know, because people are typically, you know, they refinance again or they take cash out or they do something. They don't, they don't stick with whatever they do, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, everybody's situation is different. Uh, and 
from Melissa's point, uh, Alyssa, excuse me, Alyssa's point at the beginning of the show is that we've been in kind of a historically low rates for a, a while. So it's unusual of a patent for mortgages in, in themselves yeah. recently. So people have refinanced more than they would have historically in the yeah. last 10 to 15 years. Um, so it's hard to answer that question yeah. because historically they're probably not refinancing too much. But recent history, they have because, um, well, I've been in the business 25 years and you went over some of the rates. But, you know, when I first got into business, rates were probably almost like 6%. So I've had clients that sat at 6% and went to five, went to four and went down to almost three. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's kind of benefited them. But at the same token, that's not a normal process in, in, the, uh, in the mortgage business. Um, so now people I'm helping with purchases, they, if they probably won't refinance ever because they they really shouldn't go lower than where they are at this point. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Know, you know, so five years down the road, they won't be looking to refinance. Yeah, because right. like I know back in the '80s, you know, interest rates were really really high. But yeah, so the, by the by the time you started in the business, like in the mid '90s, I guess. Yeah, so you're saying they were like in the sixes roughly, and so so in the past 25 years, they've basically been trending down yeah. a little bit. And I mean, so you know, we look at you know sometimes like in our business, we talk about you know how interest rates affect bonds and how you know that you know inverse relationship and you know interest rates they those are long cycles, you know, for them to, to, for them to trend down and then, and then reverse and start trending up. And so, I mean, so for the past 25 years, basically you've been, we've been seeing that downtrend. Um, and I don't know, I think, I mean, I don't know what the average is, if it's, you know, how many years it'll take, you know, before it starts to trend back up. And then that's probably going to be a long trend. You know, it's probably going to continue to go up, 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 you know, to some degree before it comes back the other way. So, I mean, this is probably, a, you know, a historical time of, you know, low, low, and you know, at some point they will start to go back up, and then that'll be a long, you know, a long upward trend. It'll be slow, I, I would guess, but um, but still going the other way. Uh, well, well, the was, Fed's been pretty open about. I mean, I was just reading some of the notes from the Fed meeting. What was it like a week or two ago? And they're mm -hmm. they're it, they're not anticipating raising rates, the the federal funds rate again. Again, I know that that's not exactly the same as like mortgage rates, right? They, John, you right. could explain that better right. than I could, yeah, but, well, but the Fed is in, yeah, anticipating raising rates like for a couple, two to three more years. So this will be interesting to see what it does to real estate, like longer term real estate cycles too, because everyone refies themselves into a, you know, two and a half percent, 2.9, 3.1 loan. And then like five, 10 years from now, interest rates are, you know, I don't know, four, five on a mortgage or whatever. It'll be interesting to see, you know, people holding their homes longer potentially because, you know, who's going to want to move when they're in a two and a half rate and, and rates are now double or, you know, or, or um, you know, 75% higher or something. It's just, it's just interesting. I, I would assume, I would imagine that the average, uh, like you were just talking, Kirk, about, you know, what's the average uh, amount of time that someone keeps their loan? I don't know what it is, but uh, it's probably going to get even longer now because who's going to want to be giving up these rock bottom interest rates now that everyone has refinanced in the last five, 10 years? Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the real estate 
goes, um, well, people move for different reasons. It's not all financial. So I've got clients now. I've been in 25 years. So I, it's it's funny. I get to meet a young man. He buys a con, you know, condo, his first property. And next thing you know, he's getting married, kids, you know, two oh, kids. Yeah, and then I had somebody yeah. who has, was having his fifth fifth child and it was probably his third home you know he's but i gotta move he's gonna get a bigger uh, and bigger house every time <laughs> yeah i was like well yeah you might yeah. want to kind of calm that down there a little bit now but um so there's different motivators for, for yeah, moving for but to your point though uh yeah if, if you're looking to uh you know just try to move somewhere you know a couple of towns over whatever yeah you're looking at your, your situation yeah do you want to kind of sell your property now and then kind of yeah the interest rates are double at that point you you would want to double you want you would want to double think that and and really look yeah. at the numbers and that that would probably sway you to probably stay where you're at um but there are definitely different motivators for people moving and that you know the real estate market's always kind of moving sometimes it does yeah. get to a point yeah. where it's a little slow or flat for some reasons but it always kind of gets back going I like now i mean you know with this covid thing going on i really didn't know what to expect and it's just caught on fire yeah not necessarily what people anticipated, right? <laughs> uh, not at all. Yeah, no, yeah. I, know I wasn't anticipating. I'm glad it happened, but you know, I was kind of anticipating maybe a little bit of a slowdown, but it went the other way. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is kind of nice. So, and, so you just, uh, sorry, so you just mentioned uh, earlier in the show that uh, Fannie and Freddie, right? Um, mm-hmm. Something about they raised interest rates half a point. Now, do they, do they back like all mortgages in the industry or like is that essentially those two organizations that's what's setting rates for the entire industry well they're setting rates for their yeah they're they're the main lenders out there Fannie okay. and Freddie for conventional yeah. financing so um what that means is basically if you're not doing a jumbo loan and you're not doing a okay. government-based okay. loan which is FHA USDA VA loans um then they're okay. they're really okay. covering those loans they're covering the conventional loans oh, um, like they're backing so, yeah. all of them right yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So even though if, uh, some place like myself, so we 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 um, we are direct lenders, so we we, we process the loan ourselves, underwriting, uh, get the money, you know, on the table for the closing, and then we're usually either selling a servicing offer, keeping it. Um, but that eventually is being backed by Fannie or Freddie Mac if it's okay. a, a conventional loan. Uh, if it's a, if it's an FHA or a VA loan or a USDA loan, those are going to different outlets. Um, and but they're really not backed by the government. Shall we right. say as far as Fannie and Freddie? Um, so yeah, so those those that particular half a point is being actually with every lender out there. Okay, so it's, so it's a that's it's spread a out for everybody. It's, it's it's an adjustment. Um, on our pricing. Like I said, we have uh, about 12 different rates on a sheet. Now those rates yeah. have bumped up a half a point because of that adjustment. On Is that on, and I, I'm, correct, I'm sorry, is that on refis only or is that on on new? That's um, on refinances. But, but right now it's on refinances only. Just, That's correct. They're trying to sl- maybe slightly slow the refis and encourage the new purchases. Okay. I, I can't answer that question because I didn't. I just saw the hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Well, we got to take a break in a, in a minute. Um, we're speaking with John Harrington, who is a mortgage professional with Embrace Home Loans. Um, I did have your, I do I need to do your compliance disclosure? Hold on. I have your NMLS number seven five. 
five six one five zero. There you go, John. You're welcome. Yeah, we we just covered Thank your you. compliance. How about a, how about uh, a, we're talking a, about a phone um, number interest or? rates, yeah. mortgages, refinances? I do want to get into. I, I want to have a little bit of a uh, deeper discussion on refinancing and when it makes sense and when it might not. And then I want to get into new purchases and putting money down and PMI and stuff like that later in the show. Um, so you're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed, and joined this morning by my husband and business partner Kirk Reed. Kirk is the music playing. I yes. can't hear it. Yes, it is. Okay, so it is time for a break. There yep. we go. Okay, we're just taking a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Good morning. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara Reed. Sorry, Kirk, I didn't know you wanted to do the intro there. You usually don't. That's okay. Uh, I didn't know if. So, joined this morning by my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed, and also John Harrington with Embrace Home Loans. We're talking about interest rates being very low. Uh, refinancing, mortgages, et cetera. Call in number 781-837-4900. All right, so John, I wanted to have a, I wanted to to talk a little bit more about refinancing. Um, I am very, I like to spreadsheet things and analyze numbers. (laughs) This is is what I love to do. Um, I, I just, I wanna talk about when it makes sense to refinance and when it might not. And um, because I think that when people hear interest rates drop and, you know, I'm in a 3.8 and I heard my neighbor got a 2.8 or whatever, it I think mm-hmm. people kind of, I think people kind of jump on it and just assume it's going to be better for them. But I don't, I think it often is, but I think there are some times when it is not necessary, it does not necessarily make sense to refinance. I'm assuming you have yep. similar conversations with, with your clients as well. So I just wanted oh, to think a little bit deeper into that and the way that I was the way that I was looking at it was I pull up amortization tables and I look at you know principal and interest payments and 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 principal being paid down over time and stuff like that and I get a little bit nerdy about it but maybe you have a simpler way to explain it um I guess I I sort of my assumption is that for there's some sort of like a break. Well, it depends on your current interest rate and what your new interest rate would be and the size of your mortgage. And of course, it's not the same for everyone, but there's some sort of a break even. There's some sort of a period of time where, where there's a break even analysis where if you're going to be selling, moving in some period of time, it's not going to make sense for you to refinance, uh, I'm assuming. Well, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Everybody's, to your point, everybody's situation is different. So, like yourself, you consult with folks. Um, you listen to what their needs are and what their plan is, and then kind of, kind of give them some feedback on what that result would be for what they're looking to do. Now, in yeah. and really kind of consult with them whether it makes difference. You know, would it make sense for them to do it or not? Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I do have these conversations all the time, and I and I'm really good about letting people know whether it would make sense or if it would not make sense, or if you're somewhere in the middle. You know, um, I talk to folks all the time that maybe an equity line of credit would make more sense than refinancing uh, because then they're not really uh, interrupting their first mortgage, but they're getting a second Mm -hmm. mortgage as a separate piece. Um, So I I just want to make sure when I'm talking to folks that it does make sense to the best of whatever information I've been given and getting back to them on a plan if it would make sense for them to do so. Now, as far as sitting there with a spreadsheet, everybody's situation is going to be different. But, you know, there's an old rule of thumb. If you can go 1% lower than what you have, okay. um, that's kind of a general rule of thumb. It's an old rule of thumb. Um, you know, that's probably the first thing I talk to folks about. But then, you know, you know, some people might just want to save 
$150, $200 a month now because it's a more sure, important sure. Room at this point in time. You were talking about maybe down the road sure. if they're selling or things. Um, sometimes that's not important to folks. They just want to be able to save that money right now. Now, there's a little bit of cost to uh, refinance. Uh, so I make sure that that's factored into the decision as well. You know, closing costs on average with appraisals and everything, it's probably about 3500 to do okay. that. So there are costs associated with that. And then if they're escrowing the taxes and insurance, we have to redo that. So that's usually a couple thousand too. So when you're looking at refinancing, it's almost the same as purchasing as far as closing costs and doing prepaid items and escrows. John, are the, are the closing costs, yes. do, the, do the closing costs vary based on the size of the loan? Is there is there any relationship there or? Well, there is a little bit um, when you're talking about um, the insurances, the title insurances. Okay. Um, but, but that's really the only one that has any percentage factor as far as the loan amount goes. So, uh, I, you know, it depends on the value of the property. Then the appraisal might be a little bit higher. If you're doing jumbo loans, they're usually a little bit higher. But in general, there's really no correlation for closing costs uh, with the loan amount, except for the fact that your title insurance is uh, owners and um, the lender's title insurance would have a factor with that because there are percentages for that. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it's not usually a, you know, huge difference. So usually mainly, you know, I, get, I can give an average quote on those relatively quickly. Um, you said, uh, but you the said, taxes and insurance certainly have differences, but that's, those are escrows. It's really not closing costs. Right. So yeah, the, the actual, like the fees, basically, you said mm -hmm. are roughly 3500 plus or minus? Plus or minus, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you gave that rough... Um, guideline regarding if you can save about a point on your mortgage, it likely would make sense. And if you're trying to refi and your interest rate's going to drop by like less than a point, it might like half a point, for example, that might not make sense. Kirk, do you remember when we did this analysis like a year or so ago? So Kirk and I took our, a year or so ago, we were thinking about refinancing and we took our, and I want to say it was like a half a percent difference in interest rates and we we spreadsheeted we pulled an amortization schedule for our existing mortgage and we compared it to refinancing i want to say like we were going to refinance to a 15 where we have maybe 20 years left or something like that kirk does that sound right so we were yeah. going to save we were going to shave five years off the mortgage and get a lower interest rate by about half a percent i want to say it was something like this but then what we realized is that if we just um, something like if we just overpaid our existing mortgage and the payment was going to be the same as the new refied mortgage or something, and it, it didn't make sense. We could have just slightly overpaid our current mortgage, shaved off five years, and it didn't necessarily make sense for us to refinance. Remember we did that, Kirk? Was yes. I explaining that correctly? Yeah we, yeah, we basically figured we could put an extra, I think it was like $400 a month towards the existing mortgage and basically be in the same place uh, versus refinancing based on where interest rates were at that time. Right. Um, so that's when we sort of get got into these discussions and I sort of started asking around too, like, you know, what at what interest, what sort of a savings do you need to have on your interest rate? So, it, John, and I'm going to come back to your point about cash flow in a minute. This is just coming from the aspect of like, Kirk and I are, we weren't necessarily considered worried about cash flow. We were worried about, we were just thinking, you know, how can we pay this down as quick as possible? What, you know, what do we you know, balancing that with retirement and college savings and all that stuff, of course. But we were, you know, we weren't, we didn't need to free up a couple hundred bucks a month. We were just like, 
you know, what makes the most sense for this loan? We're going to stay in this house for, you know, 15 years or whatever, uh, or 20 years and, and what makes the most sense. So in that example, it wasn't a cash flow analysis. It was just, Hey, does this refi saving us half a point? Does this help us pay down that loan faster versus us keeping our existing loan and just in overpaying it a little bit? So that was really interesting to see. And then it kind of led us to the conclusion that, yeah, you have to, there has to be a savings of something like a percent in order to make it worth, um, to make it worth it, to make it worth the cost to do so. So that's interesting yeah. that you, that's just kind of a rule of thumb in the industry is that. Yeah, but there could be a combination too. So, yeah. I mean, if you're, you're not saving the 1%, but you're shaving off a couple of years, that could make some sense to folks too, because they will be paying that off a little bit quicker. So, but it's, it's, everybody has a different situation. So, I mean, but if you are, if you're in a 30 year and you're like two years into it and you're refinancing into a, a 25 or a 20 and you got a low interest rate, those, those types of situations probably make more sense. Yeah. Than what you're speaking of only a half percent. Yeah. I, I, th I think you made a really good point earlier about um, that obviously people refinance for cash flow reasons. Like like if you're, um, you know, let's say you have 25 years left of your 30 year mortgage and you can refi to another 30 and you can, you know, shave half a, half a point or even a point off and your payment goes down, you know, whatever, a couple, a few hundred bucks a month or whatever, even if you're stretching out the length of the loan for some people that are in a situation where they just really need the cash flow obviously that wouldn't make sense even if you're not even if you know if they're doing it for cash flow reasons mm -hmm. because you know maybe yep. god forbid one spouse lost a job or something and they need to you know free up cash flow um that then it's not a discussion of well is this worth it because you're saving a point or so on your mortgage that that's a whole different discussion right. obviously right. but i do think that there are some um i i just think that there are some times when people what i think what i what i'm saying is what i worry about is there are some times when people refi stretch out the length of their loan didn't necessarily need to do it like you know they were attracted to this i'm going to have more cash flow and can spend more on xyz but i think there are some people that do it um without thinking about the longer term effects right stretching out the length of the loan you're paying more in interest now than you were before and if they didn't need to do that for cash flow reasons, they're doing it for other reasons, then I think it then I think it sort of I don't want to use the word abused, but I but I think that there are sometimes when people give themselves like a false sense of a false sense of wealth maybe or a false sense of cash flow where things are gonna be a lot better now because I can spend this more, you know, more money. And then if you fast forward 20 years, it's like, oh, I still have a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage when I want to retire. Right. And they and they didn't make prudent decisions earlier on. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I just, well, I, that, I that's do. what I worry about with the refi boom. I, well, I do. And I think uh, to your point, it's the uh, now with this, you know, folks, even if they bought a house, she probably two or three years ago, have some equity in it. We're getting a lot of folks that are looking to take cash out. And, you know, part of my consulting is just letting them know, you know, you could do this, but you know, this is what you're looking at down the road. And this is what you're looking at now. And, yeah. You know, I, I know years ago, uh, like 15, 20 years ago, I helped a, a lady purchase home. She called me up maybe uh, three or four years later and said, hey, listen, I, I want to buy a $100,000 boat. You know, I want to I want to refinance and I'm like and take money out to buy the boat. And I'm like, well, you could do that, but you got to understand this is a mortgage and this is on your house. And if you went out and took a, a boat loan, which was probably like, you know, four, 
4% higher than what we were looking at. If something happens and you're not making a payment on the boat, they're going to take your boat. But if you're not making a payment on your mortgage, they're going to take yeah. your house. Yeah. So do yourself a yeah. favor and go out and take a boat loan. Uh, even though you're paying a little bit more, um, it's your safe haven. Um, and I think she respected that because, you know, not everybody would do that. They'd be just like, okay, I can refinance you and, you know, boom, here that's we go. Good, that's a good point because it could be so much cheaper to borrow from your equity line than to take a boat loan, for example. But that's interesting. Yeah, and I, I let people know that's what it means. I, I, I run into folks that, you know, didn't really know they even had an equity loan. They just kind of went out and did it uh, um, and then didn't realize it was a mortgage. Yeah. And it is, you know, so it's it's definitely something in your house is your your, your biggest asset for most people. Yeah. Um, so I want to make sure they understand what ramifications could be there. I'm here to help them. Yeah. You know. John, do you, have any, do you have any information regarding... Um, like cash out refi trends. Like I, I just, I worry about that. I know cash out refis were huge back before the credit crisis and the great recession. Right. And, and, and then there was a little, and then there was a change in that, you know, people didn't have as much equity in their homes, you, you know, mm-hmm. post great recession and this, this past decade and, and they weren't as common, but now, you know, real estate, you know, is booming and, and people have lots of equity in their homes again. And, right. and I've just heard, you know, people talking about cash out refis and stuff like that from other mortgage professionals too. And it just seems like the trend is, you know, similar to where it was 15 years ago. And, and that yep. scared, that does scare me a little bit because I do think that, you know, it can give people this like false sense of wealth and, and people don't, you know, I think when you're younger and, you know, so what if you have a, you know, three, four, five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar mortgage when you're like in your thirties and forties, right? It's just like, it's, it's a different mentality than when you're, you know, approaching your sixties, for example, and, and, and getting to that point in your life where you just hate debt, you don't want that payment anymore. And, you know, people don't downsize the way that they used to and take equity off the table in retirement, the way that they used to, there's not that much opportunity to do that in New England. And um, so I I worry about that. So that was a long-winded question, but do you have any, are you privy to any information regarding trends or crash out refis or just what's your personal experience recently? Well, they're they're becoming popular again, yes, to your point. Um, And everybody has different situations and reasons to do that. Um, So it's hard to answer that in general. However, the equity seems to be there for most people and the rates are down, you know, relatively speaking. So they're finding it a way of um, taking out either student loans, paying off some credit card debts where credit cards are now, geez, on average, what, 26%, 28% where you can take the money out of your home where the rates are, you know, three and a half percent maybe. So, but it's helping them with their financing in the short run you know, and maybe kind of spreading it out over the long run. Um, however, I mean, but there are some folks that are taking out, like you're saying, just kind of keep up with the Joneses, shall we say, something like that. Yeah. You know, you know I, I don't recommend people going out buy a $100,000 boat, you know, offer their home equity, uh, but they can. Uh, but I always yeah. let them know what that ramification could be. But the cash out refinances are coming uh, along. Yeah, it, it's becoming more of a trend now because the equity's there. And people can cash into them, um, you know. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, history, I mean, it's history it's, always it's, repeats itself, so I don't yeah, know what to yeah. say. You know, it, it certainly can solve some short-term problems, like you yes. mentioned, people that have credit card debt and stuff like that. Obviously, short-term financially, yes, that does that make sense to cash out, refi, and pay off, 
you know, credit cards when you're, when they're at 20% or whatever interest rate. And sure, that certainly makes sense for some people short term, as long as they're cleaning up those overspending habits. Right. And the, yeah. that, that yeah. could solve a shortage. That could be a bandaid fix too, for people that don't, you know, uh, uh, fix the actual problem, which is the overspending and why they got into credit card debt in the first place. But yeah, I totally agree with you yeah. that it can solve some well, short-term issues. I just worry about the longer term. Well, I'm a, I'm a good consultant, because, but I can't yeah. change those habits. I mean, I'm, I'm here to help yeah. them with yeah. what, they, what their plan is. Um, I'm really not here to change Do, people, but I can advise them on certain things. Is there an adjustment for, um, is there an interest rate adjustment for a for cashing out? Like, is the interest rate higher for a cash out refi than a traditional refi? It depends on how much equity you have in your house, but yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, um, well, so, so that's good. So there's a slight yeah, this, discouragement there? <laughs> well, we're here to help people out. So if they want to take the cash out, we, we can certainly help yeah. out. But, but there's a, yeah, there's a slight difference in the rates for that. Yes. Depending on how much equity you have. And, um, and you know, and we are trying to protect folks. Uh, we'll only allow up to eighty percent of the value of the property to be taken as cash out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You know. So. Um, good. Good. I was just well, going to switch gears. Well, yeah. Oh, did well, you have a question? Okay, I was going to switch gears. Well, Go ahead. Well, on on that one, you know. Um, Sometimes when, you know, when interest rates are really low like this, you know, we hear talk about or get questions about, you know, should I, you know, should I take some money out of, you know, take some cash out of my house at, you know, 3% or whatever and invest it in the market uh, and, you know, try to, you know, if, if I can make, you know, 5 or 6 or 7% or whatever it may be in the market, is that, you know, is that a viable option? And I, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if people ask you that question, John, or not, um, but... I mean, I mean, I guess our take on that is that that's a that, that's a fairly risky proposition. I mean, yes, there is, you know, historically there is a spread there that that probably uh, or potent, potentially makes sense, but you know, there there are no guarantees, um, you know, when it comes to investing in 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 the market. And I, I think most, you know, ninety nine percent of the time we would discourage people from from going that route. Um, but I was just curious, you know, maybe if people ask you about that or what your take is on that. Um, I always refer them back to their financial advisor on that. Yeah, okay. As I'm not a financial advisor. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, taking no, that liability. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anything yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not, you know, I know uh, enough about things to get me in trouble. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I really just really, you know, if it's a question like that, I'd certainly reflect them back to you folks. But, uh, but, I, but I would, uh, guess, I would, guess, I would guess people mention that to you, that that's why they're doing it, perhaps? Um, no, I don't really think I've come across that too often. Um, however, I do have folks that want to do, uh, well, probably do a loan uh, through a mortgage because they actually don't want to touch any of their financials that they have currently. So where the rates are, they'll, you know, traditionally for folks that probably wouldn't have taken out a loan for, or a mortgage, shall I say, for purchase, um, they're doing it now because they want to keep their portfolios the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're performing better than, you know, and if your, your interest rate's around 3%, they're better off taking the mortgage out. I, I'm getting that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But as far as taking cash out for a mortgage and doing, uh, going in the stock market, I really, nobody's even mentioned it to me at this point. I That's good. Think. That's good. That makes <laughs> you know? me sweat just thinking about but it. I, I, I certainly wouldn't answer that question. No. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, anything that I that's not on my end, I don't answer. I, you know. If it's something yeah. that has to do with something different, I have them really kind of reach out to the the, the advisor that they have that would handle that particular aspect of the uh, transaction. 
Yeah, that's good. That 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 just goes along. That falls also under the heading of false sense of wealth, right? You 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 take a hundred thousand dollar equity out of your house, you put it in an investment account, and you feel a hundred thousand dollars wealthier, but you're not. You know what I mean? It's that's totally that false sense of I have all this money, and you know what likely could happen? They spend it. That's right that, at some point where they was, might not necessarily that, spend that, the equity in the house. So that was a, that was a bit of a test, yeah. John, John, and you passed. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Testing, testing the newbie I, here. I, keep, I put my head um, on the pillow at night and sleep, so I'm good with that. You're, you're a smart man, Ruthie Harrington. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh, jo- uh, John's uh, Zoom screen name is showing up with Ruthie. I'm assuming that's your wife. <laughs> or your dog. Yes, All right. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to switch gears. We have like, is, I don't right. know, seven or eight minutes before we need to okay. take another break. How about, how about still under the heading of refis, though? At what point is a loan too small to refinance? Uh, yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah, because actually the, the um, well, again, that's individual, but uh, the the interest rates really do reflect on the size of loan as well. So if you've got somebody like that has like 60,000 left, they're, they're generally in, already in a loan that's probably going to be nothing we can really help them with as far as decreased net okay. payment or anything like that. So, you know, if, if you're under 100000 I really don't think there's a, really anything that would make sense to refinance unless you're taking cash out. I talked to a gentleman yesterday about it, um, yeah. but he wants to build a garage or something like that. And that's where he has, yeah. as a matter of fact, he's the one that wanted to take money out because he doesn't want to touch his other portfolios. So he'd rather do a loan out. Um, take it out pay for his garage that way than it would be to take it out of something else hmm. yeah. um, but that that you know we went over what the plan would be and he seems to be happy with, so you're, so you're doing s- it this way he, he's more certain about it so than, as a, uh, yeah else. so i sort of i sort of thought maybe a hundred thousand dollars was a, a soft uh guideline for that as well in terms of anything mm-hmm. under a hundred might not make sense i mean if you think about it you mentioned earlier in the show Rough closing costs are thirty five hundred bucks. So you, even if you're refinancing one hundred and ten thousand dollars, that's like, even if you're saving up half a percent, a percent or so on the loan, that's you're paying three and a half percent right up front there in closing costs. If your if your mortgage balance is that small, so even if you're saving a percent, there's going to be a long break even analysis on that. Um, so even something yes. about a hundred, I don't I don't know if that makes sense either. Um, I yeah. did not spreadsheet that one for us, John. Yes. Maybe for the next time you're on the show. I'll have an amortization well, no. schedule for that. I talked to a nice young lady about a month and a half, two months ago about the same thing, you know, and I asked her all the right questions and, you know, she, she finally, you know, finally came up with, well, I might be selling. And I'm like, well, when is that? And she said, well, about a year and a half down the road. I said, then, oh, when, you yeah. know, this conversation, you know, we just yeah, can't even no. have this conversation. It's, you know, you might save a hundred dollars, but fine by the time you get there. I mean, she was going to save a little yeah. bit of money yeah. because the rate was kind of high. Um, but really when the break even point came down to, it, I said, you know, unless you're, if you're in there for like five years then yeah, you want to do it cause you will save money. Yeah. Uh, but if yeah. you're going to be selling this two years down the road, it's, you know, you're really not going to be saving any money over, you know, over the two years you'd be kind of hitting your break even point. So, um, there are, you know, everybody's situation is going to be a little bit different, but I do have those conversations with folks. So yeah, you know, uh, same it. thing. If, you, if you're, if you're going to be selling soon, it's not going to make sense to refi because of the closing costs and, and the break even analysis. But I, I also, that, that brings up an interesting discussion. We don't have, we, we'll just spend a few minutes on this cause we have okay. to take a break in a few, but, sure. um, I do sometimes have this discussion with people, not on the subject of refinancing, but on the subject of like, if they are going to be moving in a couple years, 
I don't know, year two, three, like I have, so, I have some clients that are overpaying their loan anyway, just because they hate the debt. They want to get rid of the debt, overpaying their loan, paying down some principal. Sometimes I have these conversations with people like, okay, if they're, if they're thinking about a real estate move at some time in the coming years, does that make sense anymore to overpay the loan? I mean, and uh, generally I'm like, no, I feel like it's better to hold your cash. Um, to position yourself a little bit better on a purchase, but I don't know, what is your thought on that? I, I generally tell them to stop that overpayment. Yeah. Not that it necessarily hurts because you're getting it back upon right. sale, but. Correct. Yeah, that's really the only advantage would be, you know, yeah, what you're putting down for principal at that point. Um, yeah, the lo- you know, the, the, the long-term effects of paying extra principal are there long-term, but they're really not yeah. there short-term. So if they are right. planning on selling about a year, you're probably right, you know make yourself a little bit cash strong for the next year, yeah. pay your, your, your regular principal and interest and just sell the property. Cause it's almost a wash at that point. You know, it's, you know, depending on what they, or they can take those funds and, you know, maybe make house improvements that would yeah, increase the value of the property, you know, and, uh, you know, redo a bathroom, redo the kitchen. Those are where you're going to get your most bang for your buck. Excuse me. It's the only thing that popped in my head. Um, but you can you know, say bang for your buck. Okay. <laughs> That's a fine so, one there. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, hey, bathrooms and, and you got a kitchen and you remodel those, you probably make more of an investment with those funds in the short term if you're really selling it in a year and a half. And I'm sure a realtor would kind of consult on what would be um, most effective that to their knowledge of um, what the remodel could be or where the investments could be get, to get more money back of a value when you do sell in a year and a year and a half down the road. Uh, the yeah, ones that okay. I deal with are pretty good about that. I know you know one of them pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> um, based on, um, you know, based on where yeah. you think interest rates, you know, when interest rates might, might start to go up or maybe they are or whatever is going on. If somebody's thinking about moving to a more expensive house, does it make sense to accelerate that and, and lock in, you know, lock in these low rates now? I feel like rates are going to be oh, low for a I, while. Oh, I, I, well, they, they're, they're, they're going to be probably, uh, I think the government's committed to try to keep them low for a little while. That's correct. That's the yeah. one we're getting on the street anyway. Yep. Yeah. Um, that could change tomorrow with one event. I hate to say it, but uh, but anyway, yeah, the, we're on the street. They're really going to try to keep their things relatively low. I mean, we really have an economy, you know, it looks good somewhere, but it doesn't look someplace else. They just want to make sure they're trying to keep it kind of going. Shall we say? Yeah. So to do that is to kind of help keep the interest rates down. A little. So there's, there really shouldn't, there really shouldn't be any sense of urgency as far as that's concerned. I wouldn't think I wouldn't, so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so either, to be honest with you. And every and it seems like uh, historically, in the last couple of years, every time they they try to actually try to increase the rates a little bit, something you know the economy also takes a shift, and then they have to go back down. So, you know, two 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 or three years ago, the plan was to increase yeah. increase the prime rate, you know, every couple of months. And uh, I think after the first time they did it or the second time, they had to go back down the other way, and it's been going down ever since. Yeah. Uh, or at least keeping even. I, so the plan a couple of years ago was really kind of get the rates up. Now the plan is to try to keep them down. So that's so what I mean. There's a, it's all sorts of flex with the rates. It's really hard to pinpoint when something's going to happen. Uh, but let's, uh, the word on the street is going to be a little bit. Cool. No problem. We guys are going to take a quick break. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed speaking with John Harrington, mortgage professor- professional. We're talking about rock bottom interest rates. We'll be right back.